Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 342, Psychology of the Exceptional Child. I hope you listen and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome to Psych 342, Psych of the Exceptional Child, and we're doing class eight. This week, we are going to cover physical disabilities and also other health impairments. Um, So those are going to be our topics for the week. And the different physical disabilities, um, there's actually a lot of them that could cause problems within the classroom. We put this in because children with physical disabilities may have difficulty sort of navigating at school. There's not always going to be cognitive impairment, too. Sometimes there is. But some of the bigger physical disabilities that we're going to see that we're going to cover a little bit today are uh, cerebral palsy. Um, is one that you'll see a good bit, spina bifida, anything where you're having like seizures, those are, those are bigger disorders that you're likely to see. Other health impairment is any kind of chronic illness that a child would have. And we put this in, um, to cover them while they are spending a lot of time at the hospital or maybe at home really, really sick. Um, we're trying to keep this child from, Um, having to repeat grades because they fail um, because they have um, had more absences than actually is allowed. I think in most schools it's about 10 um, cuts a semester and we're trying to just keep them going there. Most of the the children's hospitals do have educational staff, um, someone who's a trained teacher who works with the homeschool and gets the information and brings it in and this just kind of keeps the child um, academically on level. So our objectives for today, um, when we are dealing with these issues, these are these are hard things. A lot of times, it, it's um, really tough sometimes to really understand why a child is having to cope with some of these things, and um, it's hard for some people to really want to work with this population. But remember that what we do um, for the least of those we do for the Lord Himself, and so as we aid these children, um, God is pleased with that. Um, God gives us limitations for reasons that we don't always understand. And um, what I have learned over the years is that I just trust him. Uh, Whatever he is doing, I don't always see. And I certainly don't always see it with some of these kids who are having such such struggles. Um, But God is working through them. And so we want to remember that. Um, We're going to look at definitions of all these things. Um, Traumatic brain injury, uh, actually we did with the low incidence, so we're not going to do it today. But some of the causes we'll look at and certainly some of the characteristics of the physical disabilities and also the health disabilities that you'll see um, and help you to be able to know what those are so that you'll be able to identify them um, as you get there and to know uh, what to do with the the tonic-clonic seizures so that if you should be around that, you would know how to be helpful. There are other kinds of seizures you might not actually even know that they're having a seizure, but you won't miss that one. All right, our verses for this week are Matthew 25, 40. Um, from the Old Testament, we have Zephaniah 3, uh, verse 1, and then Luke 14, 12 through 14 as well. All right, so let's look at physical disabilities. Um, you'll see that idea likes the term orthopedic impairment. However, most of the people who work with the children use the term physical disabilities, but just know that those two would be interchangeable terms. 
Um, most of the time, there are going to be issues with mobility if there's any kind of physical disability. It doesn't always affect legs, um, but oftentimes it does. And so there may be issues with getting from one place to the other. Some folks are actually going to be able to ambulate just fine, but they may be um, having a, a gait that's lurching and uh, it may take them longer to get somewhere. We may have to use a cane. Um, some of our kids are going to be in wheelchairs. And so there's a lot of issues with, with getting around here. Um, all of the children who would fit this category, though, are going to have some kind of impairment and their physical movements, be it arms or legs, torso, something. Um, it is going to be severe enough that the child would need either physical therapy. Now, physical therapy is going to be working with your larger muscles of your body, so walking, running, jumping, skipping, things like that. Um, we may need some adaptive devices. It might be, you know, the hand is impaired or the arm and they can't hold a pencil and we need to figure out a way um, to adapt a pencil for them, or we may have to use um, like one of the augmentative devices for communication or, you know, some um, prosthetic device where their arm will lose, or some kind of something that would be a, a device they would need. Right, so we break our orthopedic impairments, physical disabilities down into different categories. Um, one of the more common ones would be the neurological disorders. Um, Sometimes you'll see this called neuromotor disorders as well. And we've had here some sort of damage to either the brain or the spinal cord or those nerves. So this is our central nervous system that has been damaged. All right. Things that would go here, cerebral palsy is usually, we're going to talk more about these, but this is a, um, a different type of disorder where the brain has been damaged and the result is in the motor skills of the person. Spina bifida is the spinal cord itself has been damaged. And generally here, the brain is not. Um, every once in a while it has, but usually not. I, there are other diseases that are called degenerative diseases. Now, cerebral palsy and spina bifida are not degenerative. They are, as they are, they never get worse. Right? A degenerative disease is when slowly your muscles and your motor development will get worse and worse and worse. All right? So you'll see um, a beginning atrophying of those muscles and things will get harder and harder and harder. So... Uh, muscular dystrophy is an example of that, and this the, the form you see with kids is called the Duchenne form. It's mostly boys because it's on the X chromosome. Um, so they might be walking, and then the next thing you know, they're going to need like more of a walker, and then eventually they're going to need a wheelchair, and it's just going to get where they get weaker and weaker and weaker over time. Um, there's another category called musculoskeletal disorders, and these are those that primarily are going to affect your skeleton system and the muscles surrounding it. Um, one big one that you might see is the juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. That's going to be more girls, um, but you're going to see issues with the joints of the body and swelling of the joints, and that's going to affect um, a lot of the school movements because it's going to make it hard to sit. Um, it's going to make it hard to... Um, use your hands and wrists so that to hold a book or to write um, anything like that can be kind of tough um, they will have periods when they're also very sick like flu-like symptoms that, that come with that 
Um, a limb deficiency, there are some children who are born without an arm or a leg. Um, and occasionally there's an injury um, that might cause that type of um, deficiency as well. All right, so when we were looking at causes um, or etiology, many of these do tie back to either genetic components um, or possibly some defects in the chromosome. So here's some examples of that. Uh, muscular dystrophy is gonna be tied to recessive genes that you would receive. Um, as is sickle cell anemia. Um, hemophilia is coded on your X chromosome. Um, cystic fibrosis is going to be recessive gene, sorry. And deaf blindness, as we mentioned, can be um, a number of different things. We've already talked about that one, so I'm not going to kind of go there. But um, when you're talking about these recessive genes, uh, sickle cell is um, going to be... Um, really the leading disease killer of our african-american children and you'd have to have a gene come from both parents specifically for sickle cell um, cystic fibrosis works the same way it's the leading disease killer of um, caucasian children and what these are just gonna both be slow um, insidious kind of diseases where the person's going to get worse over time um, there are other causes that are teratogens in our environment, and these are just different kinds of things that the person, either the mother is exposed to while she's pregnant or the baby is exposed to. So here's some examples of this. Um, all of these would be mom being exposed, but fetal alcohol syndrome comes from um, the mom having uh, over-consumed alcohol while she is pregnant. Um, and it causes some problems, cognitive problems come with this, um, a lot of learning problems, but also some physical ones as well. Syphilis and rubella, well, syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease that um, can get, um, especially in that tertiary phase, uh, can cause some real problems with children. Rubella is the German measles, which uh, is usually the first trimester um, when the mom's exposed to that. There's a lot developing that can cause a lot of problems. And um, the herpes virus is, um, you know, another sexually transmitted disease. And if you remember when we were doing hearing impairment, we talked about um, cytomegalovirus, which some of the kids can receive if they went through a, a birth canal that was infected with herpes. And it can cause some physical issues as well. All right, other things would be preterm babies. Um, we've mentioned that several times, and that can be always a sign of problems and some complications during pregnancy. All right, so here's some things that we could have from that. Different neurological conditions when the when the baby's in that last trimester. When we have preterm baby, they're born really early on in that last trimester. They usually won't make it if they aren't um, already in that last trimester. So the things that really are developing there, everything's formed. Um, they're just adding a little fat to the body and the brain is growing. And so when we have these early, early births, the brain really hasn't reached its full capacity and there can be some problems that occur. Um, a lot of hearing and vision kind of things coming from that neurological issue. Um, cerebral palsy can come because the baby's too early, but there are also complications and things like the cord wrapping around the neck or any kind of anoxia issue um, there could cause CP. Um, and vision or hearing problems can also tie back to those as we mentioned. Um, Sometimes a child gets here and they're fine for a while and then they acquire one of these um, physical problems as they are processing through life. Um, one of the 
bigger causes is like a traumatic brain injury, which is, remember, considered one of those severe problems. Um, meningitis would be a virus, a bacterial virus that they would be uh, exposed to and possibly causing problems. And then, you know, falls and things like that that really could cause some damage. So let's look at CP. Um, this is an abbreviation for cerebral palsy, and note it's an umbrella term. So there's actually not just one thing that all children have. It's actually a group of disorders that are all very, very similar in nature. Um, what you'll see is there has been some kind of damage to the brain. Um, it actually can be located in different spots of the brain so that it manifests itself in different ways. Um, it's not a disease and it's not contagious and yet a lot of people are very uncomfortable being around someone who has um, the very different signs of cerebral palsy it makes them uncomfortable so get over that all right so um there's definitely going to be impaired muscle functioning and weakness a lot of times in the muscles and again depending on the level um, there are going to be different levels of this. The child won't get worse. They're going to stay very stable um, with the type of muscle functioning that they have. Um, it is a lifelong disorder. They will always have cerebral palsy. But as we mentioned, it's not progressive. And so they will not continue to get worse and they will stay very stable.